All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's edition of Bible News Radio. I am Stacy Lynn, and I'm glad that you've joined me today. want to remind you, we have a brand new mobile app. It's called Heart Tug International. Heart Tug International, you can go to your Google Play and your iOS app store, download it. The reason we have a new app is because we were banned on YouTube. Why? Because we dared to continue to speak out against the LGBT lobby and the transgender issue and some of the other stuff going on that nobody wants to talk about. Um, and uh, yeah, it, the liberals there that, that own YouTube decided to ban Bible News Radio. So we have a brand new mobile app. You can go download it. You can get behind the scenes exclusive like, like you're going to get today of the people that we are interviewing on this show. Now today I have an interesting guest. This book was pitched to me a couple of weeks ago and I debated about whether or not I wanted to have the guest on because I don't know this person, um, but they're, they've, they've actually have a pretty established audience and they write under a pseudonym called Peachy Keenan. Get it? Peachy Keen. Peachy Keenan. Um, and it's a pseudonym for, for a writer who actually tomorrow, June 6th, when this book launches publicly to the whole world, uh, they're going to go on Fox News. They're going to reveal who they are. And even though I know who she is, I can't tell you. Not yet. Well, you'll know, you'll know tomorrow. Okay. But anyway, for our purposes today, I'm talking to Peachy. Yeah, I am. And um, she's, a writer. she's a writer. She's a mother living in Southern California behind enemy lines. She identifies as a husbosexual, which means she is only attracted to people who identify as her husband, which is kind of funny if you think about it. <laughs> uh, she gave up a career in corporate writing, you know, writing for corporate people, big, huge corporations, so she could devote herself to her family, uh, post on Twitter. Um, and she could write for the American Mind, which is the publication of the Claremont Institute. She has converted to Catholicism from secular nothingness and liberal feminism. And um, she has children. And she actually thinks that we can win the culture war. Which is where her and I will disagree, actually. I don't think we can win the culture war. I think the culture war is lost. I think the culture war is lost to conservative Christians, uh, people of faith. I think we have lost big time. We have gone down in flaming fire and there is no turning back. But what I can say as well, I know that's hopeful, isn't it? <laughs> is that even though I personally think we've lost the culture war and that there's no turning back, America's doomed and we're, we're under God's judgment, my guest thinks that we can. Here, and here's the, probably the difference between me and my guest. The difference between me and my guest is I'm more focused on the spiritual war than the cultural war. And I think there's a big difference between the focus of where we need to be putting our focus as Christians. I think our focus needs to be spiritual. And I know some of you are arguing, well, you know, if we fight culturally, then that means we'll win spiritually. Not necessarily. I think that unsaved people can do exactly what she's talking about in this book, and we can still lose the culture. On the other hand, I also think that there's no reason why we should give up, even if we are going down in flames. 
you know, I mean, if you're the last person on the Titanic, you know, there, there are people who are on the Titanic who didn't die, right? And so we should be those people. We should be those people who are standing for what's right, what's biblical, what's honorable, what's true, what's scriptural, even if we're the only ones doing it. I think that's part of her point in the book. She actually has a um, quiz about whether or not you're a domestic extremist, which I actually am. Um, and so in our interview, you're going to hear Peachy lay out a little bit what her vision is, what her plan is. And, um, and I think that's, I think you'll enjoy it. So without further ado, listen to our interview that we did earlier today. I want to welcome you to Bible News Radio. This is your first interview with us. <laughs> and thank you for coming on the show, Kichi Keenan. Okay. I have to tell you that it's so fun to talk to you as your, your pseudonym. How did you come up with that? I'm just curious. Um, I had a few Twitter handles that I had used before that they kept, you know, they would suspend me or ban me just for saying anything remotely, you know, liberal. I mean, I'm not liberal. And so finally I was like, well, maybe if I make my Twitter handle sound like a real name, I'll, you know, they won't think I'm, cause they kept banning all these anonymous, um, Twitter, Twitter users. So literally the word, the phrase peachy keen, it just like came into my brain, like a vision. And because, you know, it's a play on peachy. Peachy Keen. And because things are not Peachy Keen, I thought it was kind of funny. So I just went with it and it wasn't taken. No one had, no one else had Peachy Keen in. So that was it. I was, I was born. <laughs> I love that. And you know what? It's so funny. I mean, it's never fun to be banned. I was banned. Bible News Radio account was banned. You know why they banned right? me? Why? They banned me because a dude here in Tennessee, this actually ties into Gay Pride Month, which I know we're going to talk about here, but um. Uh, a, a a person here in Tennessee tweeted that the vaccine that was given, it wasn't the COVID vaccine. It was, it was for uh, monkeypox. That's what it was for. Um, and they had tweeted that they had um, vaccinated all these people in the Tennessee Knoxville area with with the monkeypox vaccine. And I saw that and I, I tweeted the guy and I said, so were most of them homosexuals because monkeypox is primarily a gay man's disease, according to the Center for Disease Control. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that guy reported my tweet and I got banned wow. from Twitter. And after Elon Musk <laughs> bought Twitter or whatever, by the way, I don't really completely trust this guy, just so you know. But after he bought Twitter, you know, everybody's like, oh, everybody's going to get unblocked. Who's conservative? Blah, blah. He never unblocked me. So after almost six months of being wow. blocked, I decided, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to take the same damn tweet that I had on my Bible News Radio account. I'm going to tweet the stupid thing again and say that I was hateful, you know, in order to get unbanned. And that's what I did. So. Wow. That's crazy that they wouldn't unban you. No. Mm-hmm. When the CDC, when you're the CDC, they let you do it. They let you say things like that, but not, you know, not if you're a conservative. 
but I quoted the CDC. Right. That's right. <laughs> Coming from them, it's okay. Not from anyone else. So typical. That's hilarious. It's, it, well, it's, it is and it's not. So no, it's, yeah, it's horrible. It's all very funny, but like, look, I like I always say, if we don't if we don't laugh, Stacy, we'll cry. You know. So you wrote this book called Domestic Extremists: A Practical Guide to Winning the Culture War, and in this book, um, you actually you got some good endorsements. You got Tucker Carlson, um, who I guess is no longer on TV, right? I mean, he's he's gone. Um, Molly Hemingway, Christopher Rupo, and a whole bunch of other people. What does it feel like? I mean, I know you're an established writer, but what's it like to get these these people like endorsing you? Yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing. I mean, I actually wrote about um, when, you know, how I made the connection with Tucker, because when he when Fox canceled him a few weeks ago, I had just I had just been booked on his show and I was all set to make my big reveal on his show tomorrow on June 6th. And like a week later, he got, you know, totally, they canceled him. And I'm still supposed to appear on Fox, but, you know, um, not with him. And, but he had actually reached out to me out of the blue, texted me, which I later found out he has done to other writers um, who are, you know, not, not famous. I was, you know, at the time I had like 300 followers and I'd written something for the American mind. And I guess he really liked it. And he called someone at American mind who knew my number and he just texted me. <laughs> and it was like, hey, this is Tucker Carlson. I I love this essay. You're a great writer. Like, let me know if you're ever in Maine. We can have lunch. You know, very so complimentary, so supportive. And I had just really started out. And so that was that was like really just amazing. And to see all these other people, they're wonderfully kind comments. Um, you know, as a writer, you sit alone in a room. You have no idea what the reaction will be. You're not live on stage. You can't judge the audience's reaction. And with a book, you have to wait many, many, many months to get anyone's reaction. So to have someone, you know, these these people reacting to the book and to my writing who are themselves, you know, so awesome, so well-established, so, so beloved, was like the best affirmation you could ever ask for you know my mom loves my writing but that's a little different right, <laughs> so to right. have these people do it yeah it was just it was just great it felt so good you know it's, it's really rare for a writer or any any creator any content creator to get um you know to get praise and fans it, it just feels really it's like amazing and it's vulnerable I mean I, I self-published a book this year myself and did my own media tour for myself and I, and I know just from, you know, I, I talked to my therapist before I published it because it was so personal, right? I mean, yeah, totally. So what's it like? What, what, what was it like to, okay. Cause you tweeted this. Well, you wrote this morning on your sub stack that you're going to reveal who you are tomorrow on June 6th, which that's funny. <laughs> uh-huh. I love that. This is so classic. Um, they actually wanted me to interview tomorrow, but I don't do interviews on Tuesday. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about um, something simple, like, you know, this chapter in your book about the goodbye girls, right? I was I was reading mm-hmm. this, and because it is Homosexual Pride Month, or as I call it, LGBTQI plus pedophile movement pride month. Um, the plus is pedophile. In case anybody doesn't know that, that's I like to tell people that. Um, that, you know, you write here, mainstream feminism quit 
Um, well, after a few hundred years fighting for the rights of biological females, mainstream feminism quit. We got ghosted. In a few short years, feminists went from worshiping the girl boss to worshiping girls with balls. <laughs> I, reading, I know I'm a good Christian girl, but hey, you know, I thought that was funny. Um, and then you went on to say, uh, feminists discovered a new kind of women or woman they like better, men, you know. And that is people, quote, assigned male at birth who later identify as women. These newly minted women shot right to the top of the food chain, fast tracked to the front of the line and the highest escalons of political power. The glass ceiling has been replaced with the trans ceiling. And I know I could go on, but this is this clearly annoys the crap out of you as much as it does me. Right. Obviously. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, obviously. And and finally, you know, normal normal people, normies are waking up to this also, where people were, like you said, you know, they're going along to get along for a long time. You know, this is not a brand new phenomenon. This has been around for quite a while, people who are paying attention like you. But now people are seeing the real world, world effects on their on their daughters. And, you know, it's sad that, it, that that's what it took to wake people up. But like swimmers like Riley Gaines, you know, the Leah Thomas, every week there's a new track event where a, a girl is edged out. You know, she gets the f- number four spot and the guy wins. And this is going to be happening more and more. There are more and more young boys being fed into this machine. And look, I in this, in this one er- area, I have to say that I'm a little bit of an accelerationist <laughs> because I don't think... It's going to change unless it gets so big and there are so many men that there's no way for them to say, oh, no, there's it's random. He just happens to be stronger. Like until we get to the point where like the U.S. women's Olympic track team is all men or, you know, instead of Serena and Venus Williams, it's it's men. It's 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 lady six foot three inch ladies with ponytails and the women's professional tennis circuit that will happen because there's huge financial incentive to be a tennis pro and to be a tennis star, you know, like the number 500 seed tennis male tennis player can just shoot right to number one. And I kind of want that to happen. I mean, it's tragic, but I don't think there's any other way to like force people to like give this up. Right. Well, what I will say is I wrote a book about pickleball. Okay. <laughs> I did. It's called pickleball faith inspiration on off the court. When I when I started doing, you know, getting, you know, as you know, once you start doing interviews, people from all over talk about various things. Well, I had people start asking me about, well, what are the rules of pickleball? Who's in pickleball? Blah blah. And what I can tell you is that Venus and Serena, all those guys, all these tennis players are now playing pickleball. But right. here's what I was shocked by. I was shocked to find one of the top players in pickleball is actually a homosexual transgender. Okay. And, mm. you know, it, it's, it's one of these things where it's like, okay, do I say something or do I just keep my mouth shut? <laughs> kind of rock the, the cart here. This has gotten so bad. Everybody listen to what PT wrote here. I'm going to tell you, listen to this part. This will blow you away. If, Cause most of you are, you don't know this stuff it says this. What do ultrasound technicians tell expecting what do ultrasound technicians tell expecting parents now when they see the fetus is a boy? 
The fetus presents with stereotypical male genit genitals, which has absolutely no connection to its actual gender, which you will discover many years from now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know that that's the exact words they're using, but I do know that in many hospital delivery rooms now, you know, the little sign they put on the bassinet with the newborn, like the baby's name, you know, yeah. the doctor is, and then they'll say it'll be pink for a girl, blue for a boy. Now those have gone gender neutral. So even the newborns from birth, you know, are not allowed to have any kind of gen gen gender identifiers associated with them, which is um, pretty wild that they're deciding that for the parents. <laughs> they're deciding for the newborn like they don't want to offend the one day old like i don't understand who they worried about offending there it's asinine at its core it's completely asinine you know yeah. i i i interviewed a guy about you know the whole transgender issue with with um you know they're targeting teen girls in particular right mm -hmm. oh yeah and, and they're not only doing that but they're doing it because of money and, you know, Matt Walsh, you know, he's, he's done, you know, what is a woman documentary. And it's just like, if you listen to some of the wackos in that documentary, um, you wonder how we ended up, how we are today. Right. I mean, it's, it's like, you just want to smack some of these people. Um, yeah, that, that, uh, I just, I watched what is a woman. I thought it was great. Just, yeah, just, just to expose how they don't have any answers. You know, they can't define what a woman is. They don't, they don't know what they're talking about. It's all just made up stuff. You know, chicken, a chicken, a chicken doesn't commit suicide. Therefore it doesn't have gender identity. Like what are they, who are these people? But just to show you how, how far it's gotten just today, Stacey, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, I posted some photos. I have a friend who went this morning today to the uh, Long Beach Aquarium, the aquarium of the, of the Pacific here in, here in Southern California. Yeah. And every, every fish aquarium, like every fish exhibit, Someone, a diver had gone in and planted a trans flag or the, you know, the pride, the rainbow flags in the water, in the gravel where the fishes are swimming around. And so my friend, well, she's a conservative also and a Catholic. And so they're going from, from, a, you know, tank to tank. And she's just taking picture after picture of all of the flags. And some were like the different gender flags, like asexual flag, all the different various pride flags in the tanks <laughs> and I'm like are they trying to turn the to turn the fish transsex like transgender I, who are they what are they trying to say with this I mean I'm pretty sure that fish come in two genders and like at the zoo the animals there's a total of two genders at the zoo <laughs> I'm not sure what they're trying to do with that yeah I just logged on to Twitter so I can see yeah that's crazy I, you know I was just telling my husband <laughs> And this is a true story. I literally just told my husband because I have a bird buddy and I love watching the birds. I just told my husband I should get a little gay gay flag and put it in my bird buddy, <laughs> put it on there and just say, the birds have decided to celebrate gay pride month. But I said, what a load of crap that is. I'm still not, have not seen the male finches messing with the other male finch. I see the males and the females feeding one another, the female grackle feeding their little baby. I mean, you see nature the way God intended it actually acting out in nature. Duh. You know, <laughs> it sounds like Stacy, it sounds like your birds are very, very homophobic. They you are. want to talk to them. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, They're okay. Very transphobic birds. 
Yeah. Well, you're okay. So you're a mom though, right? So you're raising kids mm-hmm. in this culture. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're raising, how do you raise a daughter in this culture knowing that, and, and this is, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you answer and I'll give my opinion, knowing that the very image of God is implanted in all of us, but women, females are the bearers of life. How do you raise a daughter to not, well, in, in this culture, how do you, how do you do it? Oh man, it is tough. And I have a 14 year old daughter. So I'm going through this in real time with a real girl um, and seeing what, you know, her experiences and, you know, fighting the good fight. Now there's two things going for me that I I don't know how I would, I would be getting through this without them. And, you know, the first is that we made sure to raise her as a traditional Catholic. So we like are actual Catholics. We pray the rosary we go to mass on Sunday. Um, you know, we actually like do the things we go to pro-life, you know, the 40 days for life in front of Planned Parenthood. So my daughter, you know, whatever else happens in life, she is actually pro-life and, um, whatever, what, what else, you know, when she leaves the nest and goes out into the world, you know, I'm pretty sure that it's, it's almost impossible. Once you're, once you truly are pro-life, once you really understand sanctity of life, what abortion actually is, what it does to the woman, to the baby. I feel like that cannot be reversed. You know what I mean? That's that toothpaste cannot be put back in the tube. Right. So if you have children who are into being pro-life, they're excited about wearing pro-life t-shirts and getting involved with that movement um, or just, and just believing the truth of it. So that alone is honestly like one of the most inoculating things you can do especially to a girl, because now you have a girl who grow, who's grown up knowing, you know, how, what a pregnancy is, how you get pregnant and ways to avoid pregnancy and why you should never obviously ever be in a situation where you would need an abortion. So then that very nicely leads to, um, you know, chastity, things like chastity and modesty. Those two things are completely taboo, right. In our culture Mm -hmm. saying to a young teenage girl, you know, you must be chaste, you must be modest, you know, you do not wear the G-string bathing suit, like, you know, you've got, you see them at the beach with their, you know, rear ends completely out. Um, You know, we're, we're not going to watch the Cardi B WAP video, you know, you try to, you do your best, you can't keep it all out, you know, we don't live in a totally hermetically sealed bubble, but at least now they have some filters on what is good, what is bad. And so, I mean, that is the main thing, just raising them to be pro-life. And then the second thing that I tell people is, you know, I like to joke around that hell is other people's children because you can control your kids as much as you want and you can teach them everything that you want to teach them. And you can make sure they're not downloading TikTok on their phones and all that stuff and sending, you know, um, texting with strangers, who knows what the kids are doing. But if they go out and they're at camp or they're at a sleepover or they're at the park or they're somewhere and there's other kids and you don't know who those kids are and you don't know what those kids are being taught, that is where that's where you have to be really careful. Um, my kids have been shown pornography on other little boys' phones at fa- at at even at a Catholic school fair that happened to my children, to one of my sons. They've been sh- told things and shown things by people that we just you know ran into randomly who we don't know. And they're, they all find, they were told like, what is, what's intercourse? So you can't always protect from that, but you can at least make sure that the people that your children are being close, getting to be close friends with or classmates with are on board with your beliefs. 
Yes. Amen to that. And I can tell you, I, I counseled three years at California elementary school. I was the school therapist there when I was doing all my training. And I can tell you, I had little kids come in. I mean, it was elementary school. Okay. <laughs> I had little boys tell me all about sex and what it was. I was, wow. like, I was like, you're eight years old and you're telling me about sex. Okay. You know? Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Real. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, it's not only is it really real, but I think people are naive to think that, um, you know, just because you're religious or you're Catholic or you're Christian or Baptist or whatever the heck, that your kids are immune from seeing this stuff. You know, right. I, one, one of the um, I remember when I was at Vanguard, I, I, you know, I'm studying to be a therapist and I had one of the professors say, oh, you should see the the male dorms like right before, you know, school. They they go in and they they take out all the porn these these kids have, you know, in the door. I mean, it's so so wow. so people are naive to think that their kid isn't going to be exposed. But good parents like you, I think, you know, we were we were raised with the Brady Bunch, right? <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Blended family, step family. Everybody went to the Brady Bunch's house. You know, um, although that family was really enmeshed, but but anyway, the point is, is that you could be that safe house for somebody, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, just being finding um, a community of people, and that you're where you feel safe, where you feel like you're not. And I didn't, I didn't used to have this. I used to have to hide my political beliefs. I had to hide the fact that I had converted to Catholicism. I had to hide it from every single one of my friends, every single one of my neighbors and every, you know, part of my family and everyone at work. So I was completely in the closet. I was like in three different closets. Okay. Like I was completely hidden and terrified of being found out because then I wouldn't get invited to the party and I wouldn't get, you know, I wouldn't be able to follow their Instagram or all this shallow nonsense. And now I have like totally moved on from that. And I just like, you know, threw myself on the mercy of a bunch of like nice Catholic families and they befriended me. And now I have different mom friends who I can be myself around. And it's really remarkable when you have that as someone who's going from, especially here in a, in a deep blue city to finally find your people that makes all the difference. Oh yeah, it does. And you know what though, in, in California, honestly, though, there are so many conservatives there. It's just that you don't hear about <laughs> them because you got the liberal wacko politics that are all corrupt there. I know I lived there almost 40 years. So, you know, (laughs) you know, I, but so it is, it is great there. I mean, it's, it's, but all that. So, yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of, I mean, I think there's more, you know, more people voted for Trump in California than like Idaho and North Dakota and Wyoming, like all combined, they exist here, but they're all hidden. They're all, they're all in hiding. (laughs) You have to kind of be careful who you talk to. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, they're in hiding, but they're making a difference, right? I mean, I don't know. Are they, I mean, I don't know. I mean, LA and San Francisco, you know, you don't see any, I mean, they're full, full full-blown disasters. All right. So let's get onto a topic, though, that I want to talk about. So so your book is really all about winning the culture war. And I'm going to make my my comment. You can refute it if you'd like. OK. 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 So I've been doing this for 20 years <clears throat> and there is a part of me. I, this is my little argument. There, There's a little part of me that says, no, nope, it's not possible. This you cannot win the culture war. Look at how horrible it's gotten. 
blah, 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 whatever, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. Okay. But then there's this other part of me that says, okay, wait a minute. There are still people who are on the Titanic, right? And when the Titanic was going down, there were still people that got rescued. So there is, there, there are survivors of the Titanic. Otherwise we wouldn't have known that the Titanic went down, right? <laughs> so I know that it's possible, but here's, here's my, uh, my rebut to that. I think that, yeah, we can impact the culture. We can do what we can. That's laid out in your book, which I think is fantastic. Um, but I do think that there is a spiritual component that the church has lost. And, and I would include the Catholic church in this too. Um, and that is the power of prayer that we have to be able to impact the, the, the circles that we're in. Because I think that when Jesus said that his house should be a house of prayer and not a robber, you know, a, a den of thieves for robbers, I think when he overturned the tables to tell these people to get the hell out of there, pun intended, um, <clears throat> that, he, that, you know, he was saying, look, you people need to be praying in my house. And I think that's part of the problem with the culture battle. I think that there are a lot of people who are like, okay, um, we can go ahead and, and fight, fight, fight. But the prayer component, I think, is missing. What do you think? Um, yes, that is true. I mean, you know, telling people to pray is like telling them to, you know, uh, cancel Netflix. Like they're not, you know, they're not going to be so, so into that. Um, and so, yes, we do have to, we do have to pray. And I think pray is obviously so important and vital for the person and for the world, but it's not just about prayer anymore. You know, I think that Catholics have a, a long tendency, maybe especially cradle Catholics to just pray and trust that everything will be okay. And that does lead to, um, as a convert, what I think is a little bit of pacifism. And uh -huh. just letting letting it all happen to you. And I'm like, well, okay, how about we pray and we like don't let the Titanic, you know, and we and we get in the lifeboat. Like, let's pray and then also get in the lifeboat. <laughs> I'm not gonna pray and just you know drown when there's a lifeboat there. We we can get in the lifeboat too. And so I think we we do have to do take some responsibility for saving ourselves. And you know, people ask me have asked me because of the title of my book, can we win this culture war? How, how, how do we win this? Is there any hope? And I think there is absolutely winnable. Um, it feels hopeless sort of right now. I mean, obviously, yes, that's why I wrote the book um, to give, <laughs> to give people hope because it, it is, it is bleak out there. Right. But I, yeah. but yeah, it's like, well, it's over. But if I really thought it was over for us, then like, why would I wake up in the morning? Why would I have kids? You know, should we just, we just should all just off ourselves, just euthanize everybody can't win. It's going to get worse. Forget it. Then what would be the point of, 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 of getting up in the morning and telling someone to have a baby, you know, encouraging people to do this. We're here, we're alive. What can we do? We can do our best to win this war. And here's why we, I think we will is because the other side is exposing themselves. They feel like more empowered to kind of let the mask slip and show us who they really are and who they really are. The people putting the rainbows everywhere and Decide, telling you know the surgeons telling you can change your boy to a girl um when you see these people up close and you find out oh they're satanists literally satanists you know yep. oh over and over again the trans women in women's prisons are rapists mm -hmm. are pedophiles like you talk about these are not just like wonderful people who believe in inclusion and love no these are horrible 
not everyone. Okay. I'm just talking about a lot of them over there. They're, they're, they're criminals and predators, and they seem to be using leftist ideology just to commit more, more crimes, more crimes against women, more crimes against children. And so the more that comes out and people wake up to that, I think it's going to be a lot harder for the left to defend the ideology, which has been, has now become so extreme that even Zoomers are seeing through it. Like Stacey, did you see that um, study? I saw it on Twitter a few days ago that showed how Gen Z guys like 18 to 25 or 26 are now like getting, getting like have negative feelings around feminism. Yes. Like over, over half of them think feminism is overall bad yeah. for society and for women. Okay. That's huge. Now women, the girls, unfortunately, they like see, still like it, but the boys see through are seeing through it. And why? Because they're with these girls in high school and in college, and they can see that these girls have lost their minds. Like they've completely <laughs> they've <laughs> lost, they've lost their ever-loving minds. And these boys still want girlfriends, they want to, you know, date someone normal and they want to get married. And so I think there is a huge amount of hope, but we have to stop thinking short term. You know, the left has their hundred year march through the institutions and they've had about a hundred years, like their war is now almost done. So we have to have a mindset of, this could be, this might be our hundred year march, but you know, the, the, the best time to plant a tree is a hundred years ago, but the second best time is today. You know, I agree with you. And I, and I will say very good. You impressed me. You, you did. You impressed me. I have to say, because I, I, probably because I'm a little too close to this, because I've done this for so long. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I will say that you know, there's a couple of things happening, especially in the religious Christian world. Um, you know, on Amazon, you have the shiny people video or whatever the heck that's called about the Duggars and <clears throat> exposing the abuse within the church, right? Um, mm. So there's that part that I think is being exposed, which is why I think a lot of people on the right don't say much because they bought into this type of stuff um, and it's been perverted, right? But then on the other hand, you're talking about how the left is exposing themselves literally um, <laughs> more. But, you know, I mean, I can, I can tell you um, 15 years ago, at least it was at least 15 years ago because it was before I moved here to Tennessee. Um, you know, there was a website called beforeyouact.org. The, it's the letter B, the number four, the letter U, act.org. Okay. And what it is, what it was, and they still have it up, but they've removed a whole bunch of stuff, is, is it was a group of pedophiles who mm-hmm. set up a website. They called themselves Minor Attractive Persons. This was like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. They're there. This was their reasoning. Okay. And I just say this because I was, I'm in the field, right? Their complaint was, I am depressed, but I can't go to see a therapist because if I go to a therapist because I'm depressed and I tell them I'm, I'm attracted to children, they won't see me because they'll discriminate against me, even though I don't see anything wrong with that. And by the way, if you read the new DSM five, which is a couple years old, um, you will note that pedophilia, um, unless it bothers the client who is a minor attractive person, they cannot diagnose them with it as anything wrong and deviant. Okay. So wow. the field of psychology has been co-opted a long time ago, but these before you act folks, their reasoning was 
Okay, we're going to go ahead. We're going to um, try to lobby. We're going to change the name from pedophile to minor attracted person. And then we're going to market that to America. They use the exact same playbook from Kinsey, who himself was a homosexual pedophile. The 10% stat that Oprah years ago used to say 10% of the population that's gay came right out of Kinsey. Right. You know, and it's like, okay, when when the real numbers, and this is what irks the crap out of me, is the real numbers are so little, especially in the trans world, right? You you have right. like minute percent still mm-hmm. controlling the corporations and stuff. Okay, we can boycott and all this other stuff. But I mean, ultimately, tell us what your solution is. I mean, you you said Catholics should be doing stuff differently. Um, and your book kind of lays out your Ten Commandments in there. I saw that. <laughs> and with you telling us what to do because you're the boss. Okay, you're the boss woman. <laughs> I'm not a girl boss, Stacy. Not a girl boss. Uh, okay. All right. I mean the yeah the the second half of my half of my book is like here are the things here's my practical solution and these are the things <laughs> that are that are very simple. I didn't like uncover new in, 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 inventions. I didn't make anything up. These are just the, the the simple, timeless things that have now become taboo. They are now fringe. They're considered extremists. They're considered oppressive to women. And these are the things that the left is trying to extinguish fully. Things like, you know, try to have as few husbands as possible. Mm-hmm. Try to, you know, try to marry for life. Um, try to have as many kids as you can. Don't don't stop at two just because you're worried about the climate or the environment or whatever. Right. I recommend people try to have at least three if, if they're able to have children. Um, you know, reject all the kind of broke sexual dynamics that you I read about every day now in the New York Times, like polyamorous. Mm-hmm. throuples and open marriages and it's oh. totally fine for the baby to have you know five moms or eight dads or whatever the new the new numbers are um it's okay to freeze your eggs to sell your eggs to be a surrogate to do all these things Re- rely on the abortion industrial complex to you know underwrite underwrite your your free expression of your sexuality which may involve multiple abortions which may involve being on birth control for 20, 30 years. Um, these, all these things have consequences <laughs> and we're right. reaping the benefits now. We're, we're, <laughs> we're reaping what we, what we've sown with our cratering population. You know, we're not making enough babies. And that's really the core of why I wrote the book because um, there's a reason, you know, they don't want liberal women having children because once you have children, you have something to protect, something to conserve. And so the fewer women they have to worry about having any allegiance other than to them, they want, you know, they want women married to the state. I mean, they want you to be a handmaid basically to the like woke liberal, you know, overlords, you know, that seem to be in charge of, of running, running all the institutions. Um, But when you're married to another person, you're married to a, you have a loving marriage and maybe you have a family. Now you, they, they, it's, they're harder, you're harder to access. So I hope people take my advice. I do think, you know, becoming a domestic extremist, living your life in a way that's a little more domestic is, is how we're going to make it. And um, it doesn't require radical changes, but I think that if more people can try do it a little bit more of it, I think we'll win. We don't need everyone to do it. We just need to peel off a few more. Yep. I agree. And you know what? I think there is a hunger and a thirst for it with, 
especially with the kids today. I mean, mm-hmm. and you, you and I are in our fifties, I think I'll be 55 this year. I can't, I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I just, and anyway, um, but you know, but I, you know, I was in a meeting this morning. It was a Bible reading accountability group and there's all of us women. And there was one young man in there. He's probably about 18 or 20 years old. He got up at seven o'clock in the morning to jump online with all of us women to to talk about where he was reading the Bible. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. And and I'm like, he was a sweet young man, you know, very soft-spoken. And we're like, where are you going to read this morning? Because, you know, he's like, I'm going to read in the book of Daniel. I'm like, oh, cool. How cool is that? You know, that you're reading in the book of Daniel. But he's, he's he's a young man who clearly, you know, is looking in the right place for the right answer. And um, you know, the kids that I've talked to, too, and you talk to most kids today, unlike our generation, we weren't raised on a phone. I, I've had kids at my church say, you know, um, you, you don't know what it's like to go on a date, you know, without a phone, you know, because it's constantly right. there, you know, um, right. they they really want that human connection and that human, um, you know, that human touch. They, they really want it. Um, but you know, so, so we, as the mature people, you know, right. <laughs> we can lead them to the cross. We can, right. lead them, you know, so it's anyway. like the quote, it's like the quote from Jurassic park, you know, Jeff Goldblum life finds a way. And I think it will, I think it will win in the end. Good. All right. Well, Hey, it has been great having you on here. I appreciate you and congratulations again on, on your book and, Uh, Just give people one more place where they can get your book and where they can follow you. Okay, great. Yeah, uh, you can order my book today on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, wherever books are sold. It'll be in some bookstores tomorrow. Not in my my woke local bookstore, but hopefully your bookstore. You can follow me on Substack, peachykeenan.substack.com or follow me on Twitter at Keenan Peachy. And thank you so much for having me on, Stacey. This was a blast. All right, there you go. That was our interview with Peachy Keenan. And uh, tomorrow, you will know her real name. I won't. I can't tell you it. I have to keep it a secret until she goes on Fox News and lets everybody in the world know. But I hope you enjoyed that interview. It was a really good interview, in my opinion. It was very delightful and very informative. And I really do encourage you to get the book. Go check it out. It's actually a fun read. I've read a lot of it, and um, I encourage you to get it to go and get it. Um, and don't forget also tell people about the show and tweet it out, share it with other people so that other people know what's going on here at Bible News Radio. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. And remember, as I always say, be bold, stand up and go with God because he loves you. Yeah, he does.